0: Dead characters do not yield spin-offs.
1: I've been rooting for the unicorn to show up ever since I saw it on the whiteboard. <laughs> there you go. You are
2: the Yoda of abdominal tumors. I
3: have a million points. <laughs> this is Serious Business.
2: It's time for some turtles, some time travel, and some tidal waves, and this is Serious Business, the nerdiest, drunkest podcast on the planet. My name is Rob. I'm filling in for Jeff this week, but we do have a wonderful episode lined up. We're going to be talking some trailers, some Ninja Turtle trailers, which is not something I expected ever to say
0: hmm. outside
2: of the 90s. Talking some X-Men trailers, and a few of us saw Noah this weekend, so we'll be talking that as well. Let's meet our plucky panel. Let's start with Michelle. Michelle, how are you?
3: I'm doing pretty well, Rob. How are you doing?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you had a very pregnant pause there, were you?
3: Yeah, really, yeah. really
2: thought about that.
3: I, I thought. I had to think about it, but yeah.
2: I'm doing well and it's great to hear that you're doing so well. I'm going to ask with the question to the panel. What was the last movie that made you cry?
3: Oh god, I don't want to admit this. <laughs> what? You just watched The Hunger Games last night? Oh. And so really? I Yeah, it make me tear up a little bit. I What's forget I was when Sina when he gets beat up and she's clawing in the tube and she's going up and she's freaking out and he's be and she's just been through all this stuff and I started to well up a little bit
2: oh this is the that- sequel
3: yeah, yeah the second Pitching Hunger. Fire Pitching Fire yeah. I thought that was so much better oh and my god I, I enjoyed the first movie well enough yeah. but oh yeah I really, I really liked it but yeah yeah okay. I did up a little last night
2: good answer I like that answer I actually went to the bathroom uh, during that part <laughs> <laughs> So I totally, I totally missed the part where Lenny Kravitz gets uh, taken away or beat up or
1: Yeah, I remember I was talking beheaded? about that and you're like, I said deaded, no. Oh, deaded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to you about that and you're like, wait, he dies? Like, yeah, yeah, I no idea. How did you idea. miss that?
3: I had
2: absolutely no idea. Hey, Michelle, I gotta ask, what are you drinking tonight?
3: I am drinking some water tonight.
2: <sighs> Life-giving water. Life-giving water. <laughs> life, Actually, uh,
1: life-taking water.
2: Life-taking water is <laughs> in the case of world cleansing water
1: yeah.
2: of Noah, but we'll get to that a little later. Let's move on to John. Uh, how are you? Good. I'm, good? I'm all yeah, good. Okay. Very manly question this week. What's What's the last movie that made you cry? I can't uh, picture John ever crying.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not an. You're easy are like a Yeah, yeah. I, I am.
3: I can count on one I hand am. the amount of times that I've seen him cry.
0: Last, um, like
3: thirteen years.
0: I mean, I would say that television shows have gotten to me. Okay, more than movies more recently. All right. Well, I'll expand the question then, so you can. E- television does count. Uh, all right. I don't know that this really puts me in a, a better place. <laughs> but <laughs> just admit it. Yeah.
3: Just we're all being honest here. All right. All
0: right. Um, I would say the mid-season finale of Doctor Who when mm. Amy and Rory. Went away.
3: Oh yeah, finale,
0: It was yeah, sort of like that a,
3: was no dry eyes. Yeah, advice. yeah,
0: yeah. When when Amy Pond said her final goodbyes to the Doctor, that got me a little. That bit. That was a real emotional episode. Yeah, I was mean, a good one. But. And you know, if I'm being honest here, <laughs> it, it wasn't full on. It didn't have me sobbing, but it got Just me a, got little, a little misty. Yeah, yeah, it got a little a couple, misty in the eyes. That counts. Although, you know what? Now it. It occurs to me. I think the last movie that made me tear up a little bit was Toy Story 3. Oh. oh.
3: Yeah. And that that well, last was, scene. Like, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Which part? Uh, when she when she's movie.
3: playing with them at the end or when yeah.
0: When she, yeah. When yeah, when Andy gives over his toys to the girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got two out of me. Okay. Got two answers that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. I i I was thankful to get one. So <laughs> You're very gracious tonight.
2: And what do you if anything are you drinking?
0: I'm drinking a Samuel Adams Maple Pecan Porter. My God, it's just
2: so many varieties. Every time I ask John what he's drinking, Uh-oh. there's another. There's another hey, man. Sam Adams. I'm not. It's not. I'm not bashing you. I'm just saying there's a lot out there, and there. None of none of them are in California. And they're it's all the delicious. it's the
0: samplers. The season oh, yeah, samplers yeah, right. always give you the the, the colorful the exotic Bocai. varieties. Yeah oh uh, and what was this one maple what maple pecan porter
1: is it a pie oh, man. It sounds a pretty <laughs> it sounds pretty heavy. Uh,
2: pie beer sounds delicious <laughs> i have to say we'll move on to Kristen. what's up Kristen? how are you <laughs>
1: i might yeah right
2: yeah All i'm right. good okay good so what's the what's the last film or television show which
1: mm-hmm. made you cry Misty it Catching Fire, but the last one that actually had me sobbing by myself in a crowded movie theater was 12 Years a Slave. There, there's probably a lot of moments where people cry in that movie, but I lost it at the very end. Yeah. In the title, you know he comes back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's not exactly a spoiler, but, like, he apologizes. It's like, I am sorry for my delay. I'm like, oh my god, baby, you don't have to apologize for anything. <laughs> and I just lost it. And I, I look over, and the girl like sitting two seats away from me is also sobbing. So it's like, okay, it's not just me.
2: That was that was a tough movie for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, funny story. Uh, I actually sat oh, yeah. next to that guy at a bar last night. <sighs> Help me with his name. Is it Chiuatell Edgiifer? Okay. Yes, him.
1: <laughs> Which you was John Travolta surreal <laughs> Did you get Benedict Reference. Cumberbatch's number?
2: Did I get his number?
1: Benedict Cumberbatch's number?
2: Oh, no, I did. Oh, they friends.
1: Well, he's in the movie, so
2: Oh, that's right. Contact info? Hit me up. Nope. Damn Sorry. it. No, I left them alone. I left them alone. I was a little starstruck and Friendship then, um, over. I had some I had some Noah business to discuss with my friend. Mm-hmm. But uh it was it is one of the closest a list encounters I've had.
0: Jesus, cool. Mr. Fucking Hollywood over here! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw
1: the, <laughs> 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 Is that a bar?
2: All I kept thinking was, like, I know this guy was just up for an Oscar, but I just really liked him in Serenity as the bad guy, and uh, I didn't say anything to him because that's kind of bad form around here. That's, but that's if nice. I had, I would have, I would have probably talked about Serenity over Twelve Years a Slave.
1: Good working like, children of men like thanks. Oh,
2: that's right.
1: Oh, god. He's in that for like 5 minutes. Yeah,
2: but they're very good 5 minutes. It's
1: true. Ah. Oh,
2: yes, I he's in a great car scene, too. He's yeah. driving. Oh my god. Man, good thing I didn't remember that. That might have pushed me over the edge. <laughs> and uh sorry to get off. <laughs> to get off. Off board here, but what are you drinking? Kristen.
1: It's a Wagner Finger Lakes Riesling Select. From wow. 2012 and I there's not much left in the bottle, so I didn't bother with a glass.
3: Yeah. Classy. What?
1: Yeah. So just imagine the scene over here.
2: Classing it up. Yep. Awesome. I'm gonna be honest. The last movie that made me cry, uh, I was alone in the theater.
1: That's the best. Which
2: mm. yeah, which is sort of you walk, when you walk out, you sort of reevaluate your life choices when you're just like <laughs>
1: you sit there, soaks trying and, to like, pull it together. Blow.
2: Yeah, yeah, but uh, it was uh, Inside Lewin Davis.
1: Actually. Oh, yeah. I didn't there's see the, it, but I can imagine.
2: I can't even, like, pick out, like, what it was specifically, but there's, you know, a final scene where he's performing again in the same club that we met him at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, something about it just, just got me, so it was a pretty powerful moment. And I have to say, too, that I find that now I'm getting older, this is happening at a greater frequency yes
3: that crying concern. in movies more
2: yes just like mm-hmm. being moved by television <laughs> and movies uh so that's a concern
0: well it and, could just I'm mean that to... television and films are getting oh you think like, just things better, are getting hmm, better maybe, maybe. Uh,
1: I, think <laughs> I don't know it's not too cool for stuff anymore like whatever man just let it out yeah. 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 plus a uh, mix of like life experience where you can like relate Mm-hmm. Maybe. And well, it just becomes a perfect storm of hormones and waterworks.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's possible. That's all very possible. Interesting. And what am I drinking? I'm drinking Coke and whiskey, but uh, I made a mis- I made the mistake. The Coke was kind of old and flat. Oh, that's,
0: flat. Oh, that's not good.
2: It kind of ruined the whole. I mean yeah. I'm gonna
0: soldier through it for the sake of the- <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy about it. At that point, it's much better to just have whiskey on the rocks.
2: I know. And I think uh, if I go to a second one later on, uh, we're going to forego the coke. Skip it.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Okay. Well, now that we've made the rounds, let's head into trailer time, which we haven't done in quite a while. It's trailer season. It is trailer season. Now that things are Summer is
1: upon us. Summer is (laughs) upon us.
2: X-Men Days of Future Past, directed by Bryan Singer, which will start now. Are we destined to destroy each other? Or can we change
1: who we are, and unite? Is the
2: future truly set?
1: Mutants, we now find ourselves on the edge of extinction. You'll need to go into the past to end this war before it ever begins. So is this set in the future? What's going on? What's with all like the weird spaceshipy things?
2: It's in it's the future based, or in the past?
1: We don't
2: know. It's <laughs> a future past, which is based on a famous uh, '70s X-Men storyline, I believe, written by Chris Claremont, which basically has to do with the assassination of a politician by mutant terrorists and the ramifications it has far into the future mutant kind and the rise of the sentinels which are basically mutant killing machines that are sanctioned by the government and wipe them out in this dystopian landscape this dystopian future landscape days of future past is about the x-men kitty pride in particular who I forget how but she ends up time traveling from this dystopian future to
1: the Uh, past the present fuck her wolverine's way cooler
2: uh yeah, I know exactly. that's that's so that really that really grinds on me, and then she tries to prevent the assassination of this politician and prevent that future. It's basically Terminator Terminator <laughs> is a, a a version of days of future past, but with extra stuff, so it looks like there's some changes as you mentioned. Kitty Pride is not the time traveling character this time this time it's Wolverine Kitty no, Pride, yeah. who was played by Ellen Page does return and is key somehow but is not the main character which is kind of a bummer because that would have been a nice change in these movies what do we think of this trailer Kristen?
1: uh i still don't know what's going on in this movie (laughs) i just explained to you no i know but like if you hadn't i would have no idea yeah Um, these trailers are just like they're the same guy they're gonna meet oh my god (laughs) it's like i don't time travel makes my head hurt like, how do they know that, like, this is the singular event that will cause the rise of the Sentinels? Like, how do they figure that out?
2: I don't know.
1: Yeah. Entire premise read. called into question.
2: <laughs> I haven't read the the original. I mean, it's such a big deal in the books. The assassination, rather, so it's yeah. kind of easy to pinpoint. John, you're an X-Men fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think of this second trailer?
0: I don't know. I, I've had <laughs> a weird, like... Split feeling about this. Like on the one hand, I'm glad to see the cast of the older X Men movies return with Brian Singer, but on the other hand, when I see the the cast of X Men First Class return, like I want, I I kind of want to see them in their own movie. Yeah, well, it's sort of like a one or the other type deal. I I don't know how the the two casts of these movie franchises are going to combine you know it seems like a lot of characters and a lot of different time periods so Mm. i don't know how it's all going to turn out and it's sort of become a modern concern that a lot of these comic book movies have a lot of characters in there so who knows how they're all going to balance out and work um because There's a lot of returning characters. There's also a lot of new characters that we're seeing. So at this point, I'm still a a little cautiously optimistic. But I don't know. I don't know. You just don't know some some I,
2: trepidation there from yeah John.
0: I mean it's I don't know it's it's tough to it's tough to get a good read on these movies from the trailers nowadays yeah John you in particular
2: you're sort of done with trailer time because you've been burned by so many <laughs> awesome looking trailers yeah I mean I feel, I feel like I feel like John in particular is is so mad at trailers just like as a concept.
3: Yeah, yeah. Not even that. It's just like it's, it's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> I agree
2: with you a lot of what you're saying, and I'm gonna go last. But first, all, I want to hear what Michelle
3: thinks. I didn't see First Class actually. I was surprised. Has... I, no, I know. I don't know why I didn't. So there's just seems like there's a lot going on in this movie. I'm not quite sure. I find it interesting enough, mm-hmm. but. I'm compelled to. Like it seems like this is really super important, but yeah. I'm not quite
1: convinced it's the that it's score.
3: Is. Yeah.
2: It's all the swelling <laughs> Yeah. of music that's going on. This but, is like the most epic thing you'll ever watch.
3: Yeah. But like I mean, I'll see it. You
2: know, okay. You know, I'm
3: intrigued. I know I feel like oftentimes with comic book movies with trailers I'm slightly confused and then when I go see the movie it's like, Oh yeah, okay, that's pretty
0: simple. Well, I do have I do have the comic the original comic version of X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, I think
3: I read part of it.
0: It's very it's very short. I, I've had it on my to read pile for quite some time and I haven't gotten to it yet.
2: But but I think it's only two or three issues, isn't
0: it? Yeah. It's it's really short. I mean I would say maybe even just two issues. Yeah. But there is also the classic X-Men animated series of the 90s did.
2: Yes, they did a version of it as well, which was actually pretty excellent. Yeah. I'm going to agree with John here. I'm a huge X-Men fan from my childhood. Well documented on the podcast. X-Men First Class was the first X-Men movie I really liked. Ended up liking The Wolverine, which was so absurd. I didn't expect to like that at all. And I'm just sort of mad. I'm mad that they chose... because this. This is what happens historically with this franchise: is that it looks like the choices that are being made for the storylines and the characters is more like a marketing opportunity, where they're looking at Marvel and Disney and what they did with Avengers and this like this rich continuity between franchises to make this mega franchise and all these sequels build up to this big crossover movie. And they're trying to do the same thing, and they're using Days of Future Past, which is a classic X-Men story, to try and do it. But I don't know if it's a great idea, because I'm a little confused by the trailer as well. This trailer, I do like this trailer. I, do, I am affected by the swelling music. It does feel very epic. The images of the Sentinels sort of being dropped from these ships. It's actually very Terminator to me, but I think it's very cool. I've been waiting for Sentinels for a long time to be on the big screen, so I'm excited for that. But yeah, First Class was such a, cl- a great clean break from the continuity of you know X-Men, X2, and The Last Stand and stood so well on its own that I'm mad that they're now trying to smush them together. And I feel like I agree with John. Like I just wanted a First Class sequel that could have taken place in the 70s or the late 60s or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't need Hugh Jackman and Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart to come back and sort of futz with uh, what was already working on its own with Michael Fassbender and help me out.
1: Uh, James McAvoy. Yeah. yeah,
2: James McAvoy. Just blanked on his name. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I thought First Class was so strong. I'm just, just sort of disappointed that we're already yeah. aborting that as a viable concept yeah. and like, oh, here's remember these guys and it's like yes i do remember them i don't need them again we already have three movies
0: i'm also a little bit burned on the fact that cyclops and gene gray aren't in this in any capacity because i feel like they're such pivotal characters in the whole franchise and even on both ends from first class and the original cast that that they're not included in any way there's such huge parts of the x-men franchise i would have liked to have seen them included in some way
2: yeah i know there's they're so central to the mythology and yet somehow they've been mistreated Mm -hmm. cyclops never got a fair shake in the movies i I thought and the dark phoenix thing could have been a little different but We'll see. Uh, I'm used to being disappointed by X Men movies, so I'm trying to get back into that mode. But I will probably be seeing this. Kristen, will you see this?
1: Yeah, eventually.
2: Uh, in the theaters. Eventually. <laughs> okay. John. Oh, absolutely. Opening yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, me too. Damn. It. Not
0: gonna lie, they got. Michelle?
2: Yeah, I'll see, you.
3: Opening see it. Opening weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. And we'll, let's go to our uh, last trailer, which is the one we've really been chomping at the bit for. Mm-hmm. So Michael Bay produced uh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to that now. Heroes are not born. They're created. That's what your father and I were trying to do. Create heroes.
0: No no, no no no. Whoa. Whoa. whoa Chill. Just a mask.
3: See? Don't freak out. Right? What uh, the fuck is with their noses? Their, <laughs> their entire faces. They look so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like them. That
2: has I, been the that has been the popular response.
0: Hold yeah. on <laughs> It
2: looks strange. John, what do you think?
0: I'm sort of convinced <laughs> that this is going to be bad. Uh, so my curiosities are, how is it going to be bad? You know, like, <laughs> what what bad. parts what of it, it are going to be especially terrible? So like,
1: bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it's just like, I, I don't see any redeeming quality of it. I, I think that my big theory is that Michael Bay has made a goddamn fortune off of the Transformers movies. So he's figured out, like, if I latch on to these big 80s franchises and put my and attach my name to them, I'll make a billion dollars per movie. So, I've mastered Transformers. Let's go on to Ninja Turtles and he's he's directing the fourth Transformers and he's attached his name to you know, he did, he ha- he doesn't have time to direct the Ninja Turtles movie. So, you know, they've got this this sort of studio yes-man director because like really throughout this whole thing Throughout this whole thing, like, it's Michael Bay's thing. It's Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. It's not Jonathan Hensley's or whatever his name is. It's not the director's Ninja Turtles. You know, like, Michael Bay is the one that's sort of receiving all the attention for this movie. You can, and even from watching the trailer, you can tell that it's got that Michael Bay flavor. And even if you you look at the title treatment, it's identical to a Transformers trailer. The fonts and the lens flares... It's sort of yeah. taking the same approach to Ninja Turtles as he's taken from Transformers. So it's just going to be a lot of flash and a lot of CG spectacle. And it's not going to be real good. You know, it's just got bad news <laughs> all over it. You don't
3: sound bitter at all, John.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this
2: trailer struck a chord. The beard cord within John. I feel like well,
3: I, Ninja Turtles should just be fun. I guess maybe that's just because they're such a big part of my personal childhood. Yeah. And this doesn't look fun. I'm just real disappointed. Kristen,
2: what do you. Do you have any impressions other than that they look horrifying? No. No?
1: I mean, I'm not a big Ninja Turtles fan. Yeah. So I have been waiting for this, and I kind of don't care. So I am absolutely not going to be seeing this because they're horrifying, and I have no nostalgic interest in it. Sorry. Right. Uh, which
2: is which is what these movies run on yeah. right now is the nostalgia. Just I, uh,
1: the Nickelodeon logo, and they tried to make it creepy. It's like yeah, it's bubble letters. It's not creepy. Just
2: <laughs> it's Comic Sans. Well, uh, what I
1: do know about Ninja Turtles is that they're kind of like sassy. And, like, you know, like, being snippy and, like, eating pizza. And this looks like this, the dark version. Like, no one cares. Yeah, Yeah. it's
2: like the Batman Begins version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I agree with all of what you're saying. It does look like another, I'm not going to say cash grab, but it definitely using... You would say it. it's definitely an opportunity for Michael Bay to expand on Transformers' brand and uh or not even brand but the transformers approach to revitalizing these franchises which you know i'm not super offended by i don't know if i'll see this ninja turtles is much as i love them as a child they're talking walking turtles who do karate and i don't think that there's much behind them other than that so i don't think there's a, a, a lot to explore yeah. Um, behind Ninja Turtles, so I'm not interested in seeing someone else's take. I don't, I don't know what the comment behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, is going to be rendered as here. I will disagree in that I think they look cool. What? I think. I think what? yes. I think they. I think they look kind of cool in this trailer. They they're look. I'm wrong. Even well, in
1: the face.
2: The, the faces. They. They're turtles. Well, I don't expect them to look. Like John Ham. I, I, I just don't know.
1: Me either, but not <laughs> terrifying monsters.
0: Who said they're supposed to look yeah. like John Ham? Yeah.
2: I don't know. Well, they're not supposed to be handsome. They're not supposed to be like sexy. Daniel I, I Craig, don't...
1: then fine.
0: Well, I, I think Rob, if I could clear, if I could clear it up for a second, I think sure. that the um, I I think that a lot of the kickback is coming from the fact that they look too. Uh, there, there's been. An effort to make them look too human. So, like, I, I think the kickback is coming from the noses and the lips. Um look
3: Too much like Voldemort. Like yeah. Voldemort and a turtle had a baby. Yeah,
1: I, I, I don't want to like be shred. hot. I don't want to fuck them. I just don't want to be horrified <laughs> by them.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
1: that doesn't. It doesn't
3: bother
2: me as much. <laughs> I, I. I don't know. I think in terms of what they look like maybe just not in the face but their overall character design they look kind of cool i'm sorry that's that's what i'm <laughs> that's what i'm saying i think they look kind of cool that's really i'm gonna leave it I'm, I'm not gonna die on this hill but i think they just look kind of cool i'm sorry i'm sorry the internet i think the turtles the new turtles look cool i begrudgingly
1: um, accept your apology mm-hmm
0: <laughs>
2: Is that gonna get me into the theater to see this in theaters? I don't know. I'm gonna guess probably not.
0: I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see it just out of a, a morbid curiosity of how yeah. bad it's gonna be. You know, I it's mean, it's gotta because... be
2: a really slow week for me to to get into the theaters to see Ninja Turtles. And honestly, it's not even because of Michael Bay. It's not how they look. I'm just sort of I, I'm not nostalgic for the return of walking talking karate turtles uh, i i just don't they're they were fun <laughs> when i was four and i'm gonna let it lie there it's like asking <laughs> me to go watch it like a pog movie like i'm gonna leave like it in the 90s yeah yeah uh so all right so john's gonna see it i'm probably not i'll i'll watch it on netflix i'm not gonna i might not see it <laughs> kristin you're Never in a million like, years. No, you're not seeing it, uh, Michelle.
3: I'll see it on
2: Netflix. Right. I'll okay. I'll let
0: you know. I'll
2: yes. let you all know how bad. We're gonna it. we're that. gonna we're gonna drop John into the diving bell into,
0: <laughs>
2: I'll take into the turtle hit. theater, and we'll, we'll pull him back out, and we'll see what he says. Well, now that we've concluded our longest trailer time ever, let's get some refills and meet back here. For on
1: this <laughs>
2: We'll be right back. we're back, this weekend we saw the release of Darren Aronofsky's Noah, which is been a bit of... It's been special. It's been special now it's been released, and it was even kind of special even before it was released. It was a troubled development process, I believe. It was a troubled shoot, and I believe it was a troubled post-production as well. And when I say troubled, I mean that creative choices that were disputed in a tug-of-war over how things should be displayed. I don't I have to confirm this. I should have done this beforehand, but I I don't think Darren Aronofsky had a final cut I know. I think I think the studio kind of decided how to finish the movie up. Which is sort of strange because Aronofsky is a pretty celebrated director. For those who don't know, he did the Oscar nominated Black Swan. He did the Wrestler, which is one of my favorite movies. He did Reckoning for a Dream and Pie, which should just sort of be issued to everyone who is entering college. Because I mm. think those are like two movies that like are just watched in dorms <laughs> uh, forever. And what else did he the do? The Fountain. The Fountain, yeah, that's right. It's kind fountain. of
1: crucial for this movie.
2: Yes, the f- I think of all the movies that he's done, The Fountain is the most similar to Noah. We didn't all get to go see it, but Kristen and I did see *Noah*. I went because of Aronofsky. I didn't go because I thought this would be some sort of affirming biblical translation of this story. I went because of Aronofsky and I heard he is an atheist and that has been part of the hubbub surrounding the release of the movie. But I was really surprised about how crazy good and how crazy not so good this movie was, like, moment for moment. So but it I do is wanna... crazy. It is crazy. That is undeniably... <laughs> uh the the thread throughout this entire movie so christian let's talk a little bit about how crazy this movie is i had so, zero
1: interest in seeing it until you came back and were like it is nuts <laughs> like there are rock monsters and it's like there are what what like yeah. yeah there are like it's basically the biblical story of noah with a little bit of abraham shoved in there. And then, yep. plus the rock well, monsters from Galaxy Quest plus the B-roll leftover footage from The Fountain. And that's yeah. what this movie is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it almost looks like like someone who has never been to church, <laughs> or never read the Bible, got handed this script, or this project, and sort of made it. And it comes off as sort of like a schizophrenic, like, Tolkien story. Like, it, it, it really <laughs> leans towards the fa- fantasy side of things. And then he just turns back to like all Christians around the world, and he's like, Is this what you guys mean? Is this what is this? Does this look right to you guys? Good, and it does sort of, but it also because it comes off as so fantastical in a way that I've never seen a biblical movie come off as fantastical. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about these rock monsters because they come up very early in the story and they are completely, and I mean completely, <laughs> omitted from all marketing materials. In fact, there are shots in the trailers and posters and stuff in which they are digitally removed and i think that is because they don't want to anger people who want to see the bible story because they are not in the bible <laughs> and you
1: think there'd be like a rule against that like there's got to be some sort of oversight yeah. for like movies it's like ha, just kidding there's rock monsters in the yeah. movie so let's
2: let me first say spoiler alert and we'll put that way they're up like front they're like the
1: first thing you see yeah they're
2: they're <laughs> yes, in fact, they are mentioned in the text so of the opening what? prologue. Okay, so here's the story about the rock monsters.
3: Okay.
2: Um, so <laughs> uh, the
3: Are they like rock Rogers. monsters? Are they yes. giants? No, or they, they are
2: literally rock monsters, but this well, is what their yeah, backstory is. It's very true to the Bible in terms of Adam and Eve and all that such. And then there are angels in heaven who took pity on Adam and Eve, Adam in particular. And, um oh, fuck Eve. Yeah, I know, right. And this pity that they feel and uh, the help that they try to give to Adam angers God. So God casts these angels out of heaven. They don't go to hell. There's no mention of hell or the devil or anything in this movie. Maybe it's because it's... Just a snake. uh, Yeah. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. There is a snake. But these angels crash down. Uh, These angels made of light. That's what they're made of. They're they're like gold uh, sort of... Dragon Starfish eye. things, yeah, floating in space. They fall into the mud of uh this uh, primordial earth and then they sort of crawl out of the mud and are trapped in the mud and that becomes stone, and then they become like big rock spiders with faces. They're sort of really
1: deformed, so they got like weird ass lips. Yeah. And shit, so they're weird. Yeah, they monsters. look
2: they look really weird. And their their voices are strange and there's sort of like this glow that that comes from in, in between the cracks of all the all the rocks. They're actually very vi- visually striking.
1: I thought um, awesome. they were awesome.
2: They looked very stop motiony
1: mm-hmm. to
2: me, which uh, was charming, I thought, uh, and not, not expected at all. But these guys are, like, so critical to the story. And they, like I said, they are not only, like, a big creative license on the biblical story, but totally omitted. From trailers and such they were cool what did you how did you feel about them Chris
1: I thought they were awesome I thought they were the best part of the movie really because I mean the structure of this isn't what I expected like you think it was all about building the ark, and then once they're on the ark, you're sort of like sc- scot-free but like once they get on the ark, Noah goes all crazy face and yeah. he, he goes all Old Testament on his family um, yes which I thought was kind of cool i don't know a lot of bible stories everyone's kind of soft-spoken and very like peaceful and loving it's like no there's some fucked up shit yeah. that happens like that's new testament yeah old testament is crazy guys with beards like yelling at each other and like screaming at god and that's what this was so, yeah i there's a lot of crazy face happening jennifer connelly was doing a great job um yep. but russell Crowe, just a little something in the eyes just like oh, i'm a little bit insane
2: I do, I do like that they confront because I felt the same way. Like once they're on the ark and there's just a giant ocean for a planet and all seems lost. I was surprised that there's like another hour of movie of them just on the ark, and it actually worked rather well. And I'm so glad that they didn't shy away from, I guess I don't don't know how to explain it, but a, a, a deeper psychological angle in terms of okay we're letting the rest of the world die and what makes us
1: mm-hmm.
2: so special and then uh, being
1: the chosen one of god isn't like smooth sailing no literally. Right.
2: Ah, um, <laughs> well done thank well done.
1: you that is uh,
2: expert podcasting right there <laughs> there's like the first half of the movie which is like an hour and a half almost two hours that's very fantastical They got uh, you know uh,
1: the birds and the beasts
2: Anthony Hopkins being crazy old man, you get the big rock monsters who explode or basically use themselves as artillery in this awesome scene in which all the like evil people in the world try to seize the ark because it's the only way to survive the coming floods and tidal waves, which is such like when I was watching it, part of me wanted to roll my eyes because I'm like, man, what a Hollywood like, this, this movie was made because it's, like, it's Noah, but rock monsters are helping him, and then people try to take the ark, and it's this big, like, you know, this thing that we've seen a billion times now with two armies, like, running, you know, mm-hmm. into each other, and I'm like, man, they really found a way to sell this Noah story as, like, this Hollywood story. I wanted to roll my eyes, but I couldn't because I loved it so much. It felt very tense mm-hmm. and wonderful and just... Just the excitement, I was. It had me hook, line, and sinker. So I cannot fault this project in that sequence as being like cliche or anything because I liked it a lot.
1: You know what they did gloss over? What? How to go forth and multiply? Those characters are gonna have to yeah. fuck their nieces.
2: Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of You're implied incest and racism. Is a lot, did everyone's white in the story? Yeah. Um. There's a lot of implied incest.
1: Well, here's the uh, thing. They don't say this is biblical times. It's almost (laughs) it's almost sci-fi. Like I'm not trying to excuse like oh yeah Noah was a white guy because that's some bullshit. But Mm -hmm. it it's almost futuristic. Like we already fucked up. Like it could be any time.
2: It that yeah there is a weird temporal limbo that's going on, which I do like. I I mean mean, in the beginning I would say that it says like first there was right. whatever but this is not the Middle East you know, this, know. <laughs> where they are is not they're not in some desert somewhere it will. I guess it could be Mesopotamia I don't know I don't know what they it is know. but it they is this very is. <laughs> yeah. it is Kristen's right there is this weird limbo to it which I thought was really satisfying
1: mm-hmm.
2: in the visuals there is one part I do want to mention and it is after the flood and Russell Crowe takes the time to tell the story of creation and it is one of the maybe best things I've ever seen in movie theater. <laughs>
1: really? It's,
2: yeah, you did not. That like whole thing was run.
1: unnecessary.
2: Oh, my. Oh. oh, I don't care. I don't care that it's unnecessary. <laughs> it melted my face off. Of course, it's <laughs> unnecessary. But it, I think Darren Aronofsky could have signed on to this project just to do that montage because <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. I was curious um, what they were
1: saying because they're basically showing evolution, but then they go yeah. and say, "And then God created man." I'm like, wait, what?
2: Yes, <laughs> like, on I whose know. Side are that, you on? That's the weird line that this movie is towing, where it's like, "I'm trying to make like an an allegory or a fable make sense," and at the, <laughs> and at the same time, like, I need giant rock monsters to make sense of it. <laughs> And it becomes like another allegory. It's like a fool's errand to try and like flesh it out into some like grand melodrama, but at the same time, it's it's creating its own mythology itself. It's the weirdest thing. I've never seen a movie like it that has tried to take a well-known story like the story of Noah's Ark and try to make sense of it, and then not make sense of it, uh-huh. but it being really, really awesome. Make so, sense
1: of it by adding fantastical stuff. Like, well, clearly there must have been unicorns. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. <laughs> yes, they're eating the centaurs. I don't know what they're doing. It's It was just the strangest and most wonderful movie I've seen so far this year.
1: Did you know that Ben worked on that movie? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I meant to bring that up because I remember him sharing oh. pictures of the Ark from yeah. afar. Yeah.
1: On Long Island. Mm.
2: It, actually, at one point in the movie, as I was watching it, I thought of that. I was like, oh, I forgot Ben worked on this movie. And then I was like, I wonder if he knew about the rock monsters. Mm. I wonder if that somehow translated to the crew work. It must have.
1: I don't know. I mean, like, he was like a PA or something. So Right, right. That's all well, special th- effects. Like, what would he know? Yeah.
2: I don't know. You have to make.
1: Again, here's where the rock monsters go, so don't stand here. Mm
2: -hmm. If you see an actor look 45 degrees up into the air and start
1: talking,
2: (laughs) I think we're going to, there's got to be, like, was that supposed to be God he was talking to? I don't know.
1: Well, he does a lot of talking to God, too, so.
2: He does. What a good movie. I liked it more as we were talking about it. And I can't believe you weren't impressed by that montage in the middle.
1: I mean, at that, I mean, it's so late in the movie, it's like, oh, get on with that.
2: <laughs> I thought that was actually going to be the climax of the movie. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to tell that story, and that was the end of the movie.
1: Nope, baby killing. Oh my god,
2: so much baby killing. Or so much rigmarole over baby killing. Mm.
1: Don't kill the also, baby your they, hot son. thank you.
2: Also, so many... Alright, so they make <laughs> all the animals sleep for nine months which is insane that doesn't make any sense
1: although i was like oh that's how they didn't all eat each other i get that that's cool
2: (laughs) (laughs) also how do they not realize that the bad guy was on their ship for nine months
1: they just thought that ham was eating for two for a while also like you're jews why are you naming kid ham (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 like that's just cruel
2: that's another one I like,
1: <laughs> is he saying like is it hem and they're just saying it weird and I looked it up it's ham no it's him. ham it's him. ham and shem shem is fucking All right, hot so... shem is hot and then I looked him up and he was born in 1993 it's
3: like, oh fuck oh my gosh <laughs> so,
2: yeah. also he was useless he did nothing
1: oh he did plenty
2: Oh, my God.
1: He made li- the movie so much more beautiful. I liked
2: him way better. Were you blown away when they let that other girl die in the trap? Yeah. I, I was,
1: was like, oh, it's all going to work out nicely. Oh, that's, my was, jaw, like,
2: like, fell to the floor. I was like, wow, this movie is really committing to something here. Yeah.
1: Well, so at that point, Noah was like, I'm going to let all humans die, so, like, why bother?
2: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. at that... Moment he has a choice to sort of like okay maybe we are going to rebuild somewhere but
1: he's nope. like nah never mind. <laughs> also, like at the end when he walks away, uh, I'm trying to be vague here. Um, like, what's his plan? Like, your I don't know. your whole Appar- problem is like you're alone, so you're gonna be more alone.
2: Yeah, apparently, him. Not a thinker. In the Bible, <laughs> in the Bible, he's um, a Cain-like figure who goes off, kind okay. of marked. Oh okay if you actually if you look them up there's some there's some other things
1: Google Ham yeah, um, Google some ham
2: and uh, you might be surprised with <laughs> what the original Noah mm-hmm. story implies about ham. Oh really I want to talk a little bit about biblical movies in general uh, <laughs> because this one this one struck me as funny as I said it, com- it can't, comes off as more Lord <laughs> of the Rings than the Bible especially in its first half. So I'll just put it to the panel. Like, do we have some favorite biblical movies?
1: Last Temptation of Christ is awesome. Okay. I was just thinking of that during this movie because in Last Temptation of Christ, you got like Harvey Keitel with his whatever, like Bronx accent and like no one gives a fuck. <laughs> and I totally prefer that to like faux British. Like, stop. Just just talk. Like, yeah. You know, like, no one knows how they talked back then or whatever. So, like, just right. use your voice. No one gives a shit.
2: Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, the one argument against it, and I'm sure we're going to bring it up at some point, is the passion of the Christ. Let's go to Michelle. Biblical um, movies, do you have...
3: A favorite? Um, yeah, the, yeah, or the, just an impression. The, uh,
2: like... Do you like them? Do you not like them?
3: I like them well enough. I mean, I grew up watching... The Ten Commandments every Passover. So Oh wow. Yeah, which is a commitment, let me tell you. So <laughs> mm. a hour commitment. for
1: every commandment.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but um no, it was it was something that it wasn't it wasn't Easter time, it wasn't Passover if we didn't watch Charlton Heston. So that's interesting. It's tradition. Yeah. If what do you
2: think of that movie? Have you watched it recently? Did you watch it last year?
3: I did not watch it last year. I think it's, for me, I've seen it so many times that it's beyond... It's just one of those things that we do. I don't know that I really get a lot of a lot from it now, but I think it's tradition more than a great movie.
1: You watch right. it 20 times, you kind of get it. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's move to John. John, biblical movies, favorites, or thoughts, even.
0: I would have to agree with Michelle that in, in my household... As a child, The Ten Commandments was also an annual thing. And I remember watching it when I was a little bit older in my later high school years. And it was sort of a commitment. The thing that sticks out in my mind is that it was, you know, in the 90s, in the time of the VHS cassette, The Ten Commandments was one of those select films that was on the double cassette packages.
2: Do you remember that?
0: But it, it was, you know, it did stand out because it was longer and it was in depth and it had that, that significance to it. But in the more modern times, I, I think biblical movies sort of exist a few degrees separated from, you know, the mainstream movies. Right. And, yeah. and they, they can't quite make, you know, like Noah or the other more recent film, Son of God, I mean... They can't... I mean, I I would say that The Passion of the Christ was the last one that was really, like, had mainstream attention. (laughs) You know, the other movies sort of exist like, all right, they're biblical movies, and they did all right at the box office, but they don't don't quite seem to make it into the mainstream Mm -hmm. film. But I think, for the most part, they seem to just adapt stories and sort of... They put a Lord of the Rings spin on them, or... You know, like that epic... Yeah. That epic 300 little tilt on it, and the main demographic seems to be like the old... Oh, um, oh my God. And if The it, older I, uh, generations, yeah.
1: Well, so they can sell I, uh... bulk tickets to church groups.
0: Yeah, they can't. It seems like they, they, <laughs> right. can't, they can't quite tap into the mainstream film audience.
1: I don't know. I, I... feel like we're in a bubble because I feel like christian audience is the mainstream
2: yeah and this is a tricky topic yeah i knew we would we would we would come across this this issue i mean
1: (laughs) my main main point
0: my main point is that like these biblical adaptation movies can't quite get into like say the uh the thor or the captain america or the
2: avengers type numbers yeah Mm. you know and it's it's funny to because they're sort of like westerns like there, there are a lot of them made at one point in Hollywood and now they're sort of sparse and in, in the case of no I mean let's go to Passion of a Christ for a moment like that was made and that that was a huge success partly because it sticks so closely to its source material and partly oh. because, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it did well, I think it did we're talking about church group Look, there it's are church, porn if any church,
1: church groups, like, yes,
2: oh, of course, I'm yeah. not I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying there are people. If there are church groups going to go see Noah, they're going to come out angry. And, I saw
1: kids in my theater. I'm like, oh, you did not. Yes, wake up on this uh, yes. See,
2: that's the shit I'm talking about. Like, the, Noah, uh, Noah is a biblical movie that is trying not to be a biblical movie. And is successfully and unsuccessfully in sort of different scenes. It's very sort of back and forth, I, I thought. But um, I would agree with John that, you know, these movies are, are, are tough sells. And we are in a bubble. And Christian's right, too. I mean, we're, we're on either coast. There's a lot of people in between us that look at these movies as like, oh, these are like supplementary materials for things that are being, you know, mm-hmm. taught every Sunday. And what makes Noah so interesting to me is like, this is not supplementary material. This is totally different. This is totally different. And it it uses a couple of tentpole moments to be like, oh yeah, then the dove comes back with the thing in its mouth. But <laughs> there's, there's so much other weird stuff going on that it's interesting to see a filmmaker take a biblical story and try to do something interesting with it. Where I think, in the case of, like, Ten Commandments, and in 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 some ways, Passion of the Christ, we're sort of, we're trying to create a literal translation. Does that make any sense?
1: Mm.
2: Do you understand? No? Kristen, you disagree. Tell me.
1: I don't... Know. I mean, I guess the evidence, like, bears out, because... Like, in The Passion of the Christ, I was, like, laughing (laughs) within the first five minutes.
2: It means you're possessed.
1: Yeah. No, I was just like, this is dumb. I walk out, and people are, like, smiling and, like, got this glow about them. Like, they just saw something incredible, and I'm just, like, scowling at them. My mom's, like, elbowing me, like, be nice. Like, no, that was dumb. (laughs) Like, what you said, actually, like that people were taking it as like an extension of church like that's that's yeah. true but i wish they didn't
2: i think that's sort of the it's cynical to say but that's sort of the reason why these movies have always been made mm. let's you know let's create that translation to the big screen to the silver screen for people that sort of lap up but and I mean, enjoy
1: it can be awesome like last temptation of christ is you know yeah but also last temptation weird.
2: of is so weird yeah right last temptation of christ and noah i would put in a different category but, yeah, than Ten i would put them in
1: the same category because i feel like last mm-hmm. temptation of christ is more affirming than the passion of the christ because instead of like yeah getting like <clears throat> passion of the christ is like you torture a dude for 12 hours and then he finally accepts the sweet release of death and like <laughs> <laughs> no seriously and then, like, Last Station of Christ, he makes a choice. Mm-hmm. And, right. like, which is more affirming, you know? Well, like, Yeah, he has some sex in the middle, like, big whoop, but...
2: Right. Well, there's a lot of people that would say there's a really big whoop to be had there. But they don't That's know the, the context
1: thing. of that scene. <laughs> that scene is... I mean, how much do you want me to spoil it?
2: Oh, so I spoil the hell out of it. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. That movie's, like, 30 years old.
1: Okay. Yeah. okay so basically he gets crucified and then this little girl is like you can get down now you've done your job and then he goes off and like jesus who <laughs> we're talking about here goes off and like <laughs> lives his life and like marries mary and they have a child and you have a child by having sex and then it turns out that the little girl's kind of a devil and that he made the wrong choice. And then he basically says, "Never mind. I want to go back. I want to, you know, fulfill my destiny. I, I want to be crucified and boom, he's right back on the cross and he dies. So it's a fantasy. It's not even real.
2: Well, I really liked that a lot.
1: I actually was talking to someone at work who's actually like a, a really devout Christian at one point, like this is years ago at a different job. I spoiled it for him, but he was like, oh, I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> Cause like, that makes so much sense. Like it, that's fine, but all people hear is like Jesus has sex, and it's like no, not like that. Well.
2: <laughs> There's definitely a lot of baggage that these movies have coming out of the gate, and I think that's why they're made so infrequently now. And I don't—I mean, uh, it, Noah is is one of those weird cases where I, I think maybe they wanted to make sort of a um, a big epic translation of the Noah story and in the hands of Aronofsky it became something else it became sort of an examination of these these human beings who are actually depicted in the bible and sort of the psychological toll that that might take with the deeds that they are depicted doing which is very much sort of in line with the last temptation of christ it's an examination of something that is taken as fact or as black and white to a lot of people. So, I think that that makes it interesting and that that was the surprise for Noah to me because I thought I thought it was going to end with them getting on the ark and boom. Yeah. Happy ending. There's a boat.
1: There's a dove. But All Olive branch Credits. So
2: they're <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> So there's this weird, these two bubbles that we have these movies in, there's the experimental ones, the ones that are exploring, the Noah's, the last temptation of Christ, and then there's that supplemental stuff that we're talking about. The Ten Commandments, the Passion of the Christ, that are, are seen, you know, as these literal translations from the source material. It's weird that both John and Michelle both have this tradition of watching
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Ten Commandments. Because in my only in the last five years have I come across people who have this. Tr- I've I saw Ten Commandments maybe two years ago for the first time.
0: Oh. Well, I, I feel the need to clarify here. Um, <laughs> that tradition, I, I think that's something that was more upheld by our dads than us. I mean, it's not like Michelle and I. You know, every year, you know, go, all right, it's, 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 it's almost Easter. It's time to watch the tank come in. I mean, it's not something that I've, right. I haven't watched it in yeah. a number of years. But I, I think that in but you, but you both of our cases, it. yeah, I mean, as yeah, just yeah. as kids in the household, it was always on. I yeah, I mean, right.
3: it was it was to the point where one year we had this really bad blizzard and our power went out in like the beginning of April and we listened to it on the radio.
1: Wow. Oh my god. <laughs>
3: so oh my god. and it was like the second half of the 10 commandments where it's a little bit slower and you're like not super you're like, "Oh, okay." So over. what
2: were you all just, just like gathered in the living room drinking yeah. Swiss Miss and
3: <laughs> wow. Just just listening. That's
2: uh that's strange.
3: Yeah, that's that's like my dad level of commitment right there. <laughs> the 10 commandments. It's not 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 spring if we don't watch it but, or listen to it.
2: Well, I would be shocked if I think Noah is going to go the way of last temptation of Christ or becomes kind of a curiosity. Is I don't think Noah is going to be played every holiday. <laughs> I think it's going to I think honestly I think Noah is going to appeal more to people like Kristen and I, who, are, who sort of enjoy the absurdity of it and appreciate the exploration that it's doing more than people who go to see the story just translated to the movie screen.
0: Well, that type of sell, Rob. I mean, that appeals to me. I mean, that, that that's a glowing endorsement. No, no, no.
2: Yeah, I don't mean to exclude you guys. You guys are only excluded because you haven't seen it. I think that you guys would love it as well. I, and I recommend you go see it.
1: Maybe watch it when it's on TV. Yeah,
0: I mean, that that's
1: it's long
2: way. no way like it didn't feel long i would say go see it in a theater fine for that montage at, in the middle oh my god i just
1: want to watch I the can't fountain believe. again oh god <laughs>
2: fountain made me cry to say that yeah i only saw it once i only saw it once to bring it back to the beginning but I just uh out a couple tears yeah that's a that's a weird movie mm-hmm. all right Book let's rush oh no Let's do let's do ratings. Let's do two ratings. Okay. Ugh. Okay. So, Christian, from You already harped on the rock rock monsters I know.
1: Quite a bit. Forbidden pomegranate fruits.
2: Yes. Let's no. Let's do um from one to five.
1: Armadillo bears.
2: U- uterus healing. Anthony Hopkins. It's very obsessive. How many? <laughs> yeah. Very obsessive. How many? How many Anthony Hopkins? Uh. To
1: five.
2: Yes, one to uh. five.
1: Three.
2: Really? Yeah. I'm gonna give it from one to five armadillo dogs. Yeah. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna <laughs> give it three and a half. No, I'm gonna give it four. Nice. I'm gonna give it four. Four armadillo dogs. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I'm just imagining I think
1: it... outsiders like, what the fuck is <laughs> <Yeah. there?" laughs>
2: Well you gotta see it. That's why you gotta find out. Armadillo dogs, uh,
1: pomegranate fruits.
2: So three steaks. Three and four. Yeah, no, I really like Noah a lot. So okay. I'm gonna give it four. Alright. Let's wrap it up there. And uh when we come back we're gonna uh i gonna finish this episode like we finish every episode with a geek of the week. So we'll be back in a moment. Huzzah. Boom. back here to close out episode number 95 oh my god can you believe we've done 95 of these <laughs> incredible to me close out this episode as we close out every episode with geek of the week just talking about things that we're watching reading playing just generally a sense of what we've what we've been digging this last week so let's start with john
0: hey this week i I've been reading the Superior Spider-Man comic and I've I've actually been with it for almost I think a little bit over a year now and big spoiler alert here Peter Parker has finally <laughs> regained his body, body yeah. and is you know he's he's finally back in his body again and he is the Superior Spider-Man And the Superior Spider-Man title will conclude by the time this episode is released in one week's time, for the the final issue of Superior Spider-Man, and then Amazing Spider-Man will relaunch at number one for a whole new line. But it's been it's been a pretty wild ride, and you know I've stuck with it throughout the whole thing, and I really didn't think that I I would last. Through the whole thing, when I started reading Superior Spider-Man last year, I was very skeptical of it. I didn't think it was going to be very good. I thought I'd stick with it for like the first few issues, but it's it's held me throughout the whole time. It's kept me interested and engaged, and it's pretty much been my number two comic, second only to Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman. So it's been pretty deep. You know, it's. Like any other comic, it's had its peaks and valleys, but it's kept me pretty interested throughout the whole time. Dan Slott is doing a good job keeping the momentum and the reader interest from issue to issue. It's been good, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with the, the Spider-Man title.
2: Well, so uh, that's a great conclusion, to this because you've been keeping the pulse of a superior Spider-Man for us on the podcast. Yep. I have two quick thoughts. One is, you're absolutely right, everyone scoffed at the idea of superior spider-man when it started is basically a body switch mm-hmm. premise and against all odds uh, everyone was dismissive of this story but it actually the way that they treated it ended up being really interesting basically about dr octopus being yeah. spider-man and i'm actually kind of sad to see it go and i'm sort of angered again by the fact that marvel is just so obsessed with finding entry points for new readers that they're they're going back to Peter. I I don't. We all knew Peter Parker was coming back as Spider Man, but I'm. Just, yeah. They're going back to number one, and they're doing this all the time. Not only am I mad that they're obsessed with these with rebooting sort of their their series, but I'm also mad that because Superior Spider Man is ending, it's also ending the Superior foes of Spider Man, which is my favorite comic out right now. Uh, is that uh, that's only, yeah. Yeah, that's only going to Uh, issue 15, so it's only got five issues left. Apparently it was never meant to be a long-running comic, but it did go longer than I thought it would. So all the Superior stuff is ending, which is kind of sad because it's the most interesting Spider-Man comic book stuff I've seen come out since I've been into comics. So kind of a bummer, but sort of inevitable. We kind of expected this. So
0: Well, hopefully the quality keeps up. And yeah. The names, is the names Dan change. Slott going to be writing Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Yep. Okay. As far as I know, I mean, I don't know the full... I know that Dan Slott is going to be the writer, and Humberto Ramos is going to be one of the artists. So the creative teams, for the most part, are going to stay the same. It's just a title change. and
2: Okay. So it's it's not like a, a hard reset. Right. Yeah. So they're going to... so. We can imagine that Peter will have to deal with some of the consequences of his persona being hijacked. Yeah. Okay, that's good.
0: Of, of which there are many.
2: Yes, well, that's what I've heard. Well, that's heartening to hear that the creative team is staying the same. Hopefully, Spider-Man will continue to be interesting, even though that they're ending this controversial run. Let's go to Kristen. Geek of the Week. <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs>
1: I know, just like, do I get an intro? What's going on? Uh, yeah.
2: Go ahead. (laughs) Blow our minds.
1: Do it, Kristen. I have been so geeky this week, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I started reading The Name of the Wind, which is the Patrick Rothfuss book, that Jeff is like, thank God, fucking finally. I went to the planetarium yesterday and the Museum of Natural History, so I went to the Hayden Planetarium. Nice. Um, which is probably, that might have something to do with why I'm, like, there's this weird cosmic shit going on Noah, and I'm like, meh, seen it, uh, because <laughs> I saw it in a giant dome with the seats were rumbling, and they did, like, this giant flash, like, when there was the big bang that made you go blind for a couple seconds, I'm like, meh, been there. But the thing that I cannot shut up about yeah. is His Majesty's Dragons, the Tamarare books, which is Napoleonic dragons. I have so many dragon feels. Because these are (laughs) dragons that can talk Mm. and they're so cute. They're like big cats and they're not all the same, which is awesome. Like the main one is super smart and he's kind of big, but they also like breed these little ones that are kind of stupid. No, they're really stupid. Mm-hmm. The main, it's the first one that the main dragon Tamarer meets is a little one named Volley. And they're like, oh, how did you meet? How old are you? And Tamarer goes like, oh, I was born three weeks and five days ago. And Lawrence is, was there when I first hatched. And how did you meet your owner, Volley? It's like, I was hatched! In an egg! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, uh-oh. But it's, Wait, it's, so
2: are these stories told from the dragon perspective?
1: No, I mean, they're, they're third person, and, like, it starts with Lawrence, who is a sea captain and a British sailing vessel. They take a French ship, and they're like, why did they even fight? And they realize, like, oh, it's because they had a fucking dragon egg. And so they take it, and, like, the dragon's kind of... What's the word? It, the, the creepy thing that they did in Twilight. They kind of, like, imprint on, like... Yes. It's not necessarily who they see first. Like, there was originally supposed to... They, like, drew lots to who was going to take the dragon, because, like, the aerial corps... You're kind of like loners, like you don't really get married, you don't really go anywhere else because other people are still kind of scared of dragons, Mm -hmm. and you have to take care of your dragon so much you can't really have a life. And so there's this other guy who, like, draws the short straw and is going to take care of the dragon, and the dragon just, like, kind of walks the circuit around the ship deck and goes to the captain and is like, the the first thing he says is, why are you frowning? I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so he's basically stuck with him, but they're so bonded And it's like, they're my OTP. Like, not... (laughs) Not in a dirty... Like, just, I want them to be Uh. together forever. Like, they are so cute. And, like, Lawrence will pet Tamarero on the head and be like, you know, I'm never gonna give you up. I, You know, I've got an offer to go back to the Navy, but I'm not gonna leave you, sweetheart. Like, I think so cute. A lot of them have Roman names, but then there's one that... It's a female dragon named Lily, who spits acid nice and it's like and then lily like hawked up a loogie on this other dragon and it melted its flesh off and its owner shot it in the head to put it out of its misery and they went down together it's like oh, it's so beautiful um <laughs> 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 fucking dragons man they're so this cute so
2: weird to me uh and the awesome
1: thing is this is book one of seven <laughs> so there's a lot more i'm so excited wow i'm like well Trying to space them out because otherwise I'm just going to inhale them all in a week and then be like, now what? Who's the author? They're written by Naomi Novik, His Majesty's Dragons, the Tamarera series, highly recommended. I feel like
2: I read read a dragon thing in high school by a woman, but I don't think it was this. I don't remember the dragons talking. Rob, did you
3: read like Mercedes Lackey?
2: Like Pern? Wait, I'm figuring. Yeah, it's Pern. Yeah, yeah, that's what I read.
3: I feel like I read it in high school too. They Just don't like, talk.
2: I, I, no, no. I, fuck it. No, I, I, I don't. I don't like my dragons. Dragons talking. We went over this with uh,
3: <laughs> Desolation of Smaug. I uh, like my dragons. You know, charring people.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I like them charring people, and then going back and be like, Lawrence, can you feed me a cow? Sure, sweetheart. <laughs> but let's go kill some French people first. Like, okay.
2: Well, we're we're heartened to hear that. Another series has stolen Kristen's heart.
1: We're going to be talking about dragons forever now. Sorry, yeah. guys.
2: It's weird. Uh, dragons have never been the case. It's always been British detectives.
1: <laughs> well, you just said some out, so.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, that's great. I can't say that I will read these books, but uh, I do want to know how they progress over seven books, because if you've only read one, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of room for disappointment.
3: Jeff has Heel- read them all, I think, okay. and really like them.
2: Right. Okay. Well, I'll ask him too. But uh keep us abreast.
3: Oh of, I shall uh,
2: how dragons go. Let's uh let's kick it over to Michelle in her geek of the week.
3: I'm gonna continue the dragon theme.
2: No way! Uh,
3: yes. yeah. So after the last season of Game of Thrones, I was about halfway through A Dance of Dragons and was kind of, kind of needed a break from the Song of Ice and Fire for a little while. And so now with the next season starting up next week, I saw some stuff in the trailer that made me think that we might be going beyond the third book. And so I was like, oh, let's refresh my memory on the fourth and fifth book since they happen at the same time. And so I'm just about to finish the fifth book and I can't, believe that I had put this down for a minute it's heating up especially towards the end all the characters that I was interested in but didn't get towards the beginning of the book like we're with Daenerys we're with Jamie, we're with Cersei again we're with Arya and so I'm really really excited I've got like maybe let's see uh 200 pages left and I I'll probably burn through it really quickly I'm really excited about it
2: uh. I'm always surprised by how much I'm looking forward to the show, because I'm not a reader of the books. And I always find myself in sort of the mid, you know, between seasons, sort of like, yeah, Game of Thrones is really cool, but like I like other shows more. But then, like, as it gets closer and closer, I'm like, I cannot wait for this show. I've been reading, not to get too off track here, but I've been reading a lot about... They're sort of end game, And the way that Martin is sort of participating with the producers of the show, it, it almost feels like he knows he's not going to get to the ending of the books. Yeah. In that, in that he's trying to sort of shunt the storytelling into the live action stuff that they're doing on HBO. And he want. I guess in an interview he revealed recently that he wants to end it with a movie and that it won't end with the books, which is... Crazy talk, but at the same time, kind of reasonable when you consider the pacing of the series, of the television series, and the very, very slow pacing of the book releases.
3: I think that I kind of enjoy that slightly more elite status of being a book watcher and a TV watcher, <laughs> too. Like yeah. I have that knowledge of, like, I know who's going to die this season. Yeah, um, Everyone. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> pretty much but I think it would be interesting to turn that around a little bit on us I'm not sure I would certainly go see it and I think that I would enjoy it but sometimes I lose a little bit so there's so many characters and there's so much going on and there's so much intrigue I think that the series has it right and I don't know how that would translate to a movie does that make sense at all like even if it were, uh, like, big, big scenes, I don't know how much of that same energy would come in, like, a two- or three-hour movie versus, right. like, this miniseries, which is, you know, 11 hours in a season or whatever.
2: I feel like the six seasons in a movie sort of trope <laughs> is is sort of faded a little bit because television, especially in the cases of HBO is reaching such a level of sophistication Mm
1: -hmm. and is
2: so convincing in terms of what they can afford with their budget, I don't think they need a movie. You could make like a big final season and pump millions and millions and millions of dollars into it, and it will be... I mean, of course, maybe not everyone's seeing it in a theater. Of course, you could screen it in a theater, but I don't know if the movie, as a big climax to... Celebrated television shows that we've seen with like X Files or even more recently Veronica from Mars. I don't know if that's viable anymore because television is, in a lot of ways, you could argue better and more rich in terms of how you can plot out very complicated and sophisticated stories than a movie is, and you can do in like two hours. You got to rush a lot of things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Veronica, Veronica, Veronica Mars. Mars. Okay, that's yeah, Veronica from Mars. No, you can tell I'm a huge. <laughs> Mars fan I've never seen it so yes Veronica Mars not Veronica (laughs) Mars sorry sorry everyone so that's a very interesting take and I did want to ask a book fan of Game of Thrones what they thought about that because it does feel like the television show is moving at a much faster pace I I
3: kind of feel bad for George R.R. Martin because there's a lot of fans that are pretty much like you can't do anything else you need to be sitting down and writing these books and I mean you know, he's an older guy. He's in questionable health, you know, yeah. so um, <laughs> people are like, you're going to die, and we're not going to yeah. know how these bookends, and I think that's that's kind of selfish. It sounds like the, the creative team has a good plan, and they haven't really disappointed me uh, this far, so we'll just go on for the ride.
2: That's good to hear. That's good to hear because so many times I enjoy things on a screen and then am berated by... Jeff, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> i just read the books and been like, you don't know shit. Yeah,
1: really, the books, the really books are the better. Books. I've done the books are are
0: better. Hunger Games, too, so... Yeah. <laughs> we'll
1: see.
0: should really read all 7,000 pages we of we the should, books.
1: I, we should just uh, all read,
0: okay?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, Hunger Games, thou can't knock that out in an afternoon, but... Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking more about Game of Thrones in the coming weeks, because that is... Yeah. It's coming very soon, and we're uh, really looking forward to it. Season four, lots of questions to be answered for those of us who have not read the books. So, Michelle, try and stay tight-lipped about that. I don't want to know who dies. I don't.
1: I read the Wikipedia article, so I know. Well, oh yeah. You don't tell me either.
2: You don't. You gonna. You don't get to tell me either.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: so I'll go really quick. So I do this thing. I think that most people do now. You move to a new place. You don't meet any of your neighbors. You just sort of stay in your apartment and ignore everyone. But that ended up biting me in the ass because my roommate, who's a bit of an extrovert, got very friendly with uh, the gentleman downstairs from us, and invited us down for like drinks or something. And I was like, I. <laughs> Really don't want to do this, but I went anyway in support of roommate and turns out I go downstairs to This awesome guy's place and he breaks out the DC deck building card game. What the fuck? I've not played a card game since high school and it totally scratched that itch again So I'm playing this DC Comics card game with strangers, and it was awesome so Very briefly, you pick a a DC character, like you could be Batman, you could be Superman, and you have these certain attributes, and uh, you start off with a base of like seven very basic cards that have values, and then you play them and you buy cards, and depending on what your hero's attributes are, it affects what cards you buy, and they can work sort of together, and you build a bigger and bigger deck, and it gets more sophisticated, and you're playing against each other and it's awesome i'm obsessed with it i can't stop thinking about it i want to sort of nudge this person to invite me downstairs again so i can play it with him because i do not own this game <laughs> but just goes to show you that the card game the card gaming gene doesn't go away it's just sort of just sort of hovering silently in your brain waiting for the next opportunity to strike the dc i think it's the deck building card game i think that's what it's called i don't know i don't even know how new it is i don't even know if it's very old. I've never it's heard of it. A, you never heard of it? I've never yeah. heard of it either, man. I he heard of the DC. It out this box. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is just strictly cards. Yeah. So it was my my weird wine fueled
0: I gotta tell you, Rob, I, uh, I thought you were going someplace. Exploration else with into
2: that. gaming.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going someplace else with that story, like so uh we met <laughs> our roommate downstairs, long story short, uh, he's cousins with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck <laughs> came over and we were rubbing elbows. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So let that be a lesson to humanity everywhere. Introduce yourself to your neighbors because they could be playing comic book card games. And you should get in <laughs> Let's wrap it up there. Thanks everyone for listening. Let's figure out where we can find these lovely individuals online. Let's start with Kristen.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Nero's Liar. And I'm going to shout out to Jeff, Ben, and Steve, who I met for brunch today because Jeff was in the city and not avoiding me this time. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. shout out to podcast hosts and favorites, Jeff. Favorites. Jeff, Ben, and Steve. Friends of the podcast, Jeff, Ben, and Steve. Yes. Yes.
2: Well, very good. I'm glad that you guys got together. Let's kick it over to John.
0: You can find me on, on Twitter. Yeah. did you forget your twitter name <laughs> lost yeah. the momentum there sorry My bad. editing
3: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> too much too much beer
0: you can follow me on twitter at draw the story okay michelle
3: you can find me on twitter at <laughs> tracing rays
2: and you can find me on twitter as well at heroes are boring you can find our website at com. you can find <laughs> our podcast twitter at Tisby Podcast, I think that's what it's called. You can find It's <laughs> you can find, yours! <laughs> I know, I know it's mine, <laughs> but I don't remember the thing that I set months ago. Alright, no, that's where it is. Uh and you can find the Tumblr at this is series business cast. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. Alright. Good then. What else? Oh yeah, we did a round table this week. John, Jeff and I talked about our, our favorite first comic books. So, uh, you can go there some weird entries there's a Batman entry, and then there's a Star Wars entry, and then Jeff had the weirdest one a wild storm entry, which I've never heard of before it just fe- it feels very Jeff to me it's very Jeff <laughs> um, in a good way in a good way, in a good it way is very Jeff. It. it's very Jeff, but check that out and just like Jeff, I don't know how to end this no no tidal waves to kill us all No. for someone who like has trouble. Tolerating a house cat, I can't imagine <laughs> a on a boat with every animal ever.
3: And it then two of them. smells. and like they were sleeping, though.
1: but they were also farting the entire time. Like you know they were. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was. I think in there. that
2: wraps it up right there. Yeah, that's our ending. Farting.
1: Very Arc nice. Farts. Arc farts. <laughs> oh. Wow, that was weird. kind of like noah
2: and long (laughs) yeah weird and long just like the movie
1: yeah (laughs) just like (laughs) this is serious business i have been so geeky this week you guys